Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here we go. It's Steeler Friday with the first and only home preseason game on the calendar. Buffalo Bills on Saturday. Good morning, everyone. I'm Austin Bechtel alongside with you here as it's time for football on the North Shore. At Akershire Stadium, it's Steelers. It's Buffalo Bills. You can hear the game. You can watch the game on KDK at 6.30 as a lot of the stars will be shining, especially in the first quarter as Mike Tomlin has announced that all healthy players are expected to give it a go and expected to play. Now Larry Obanjobi is not expected to go. Same thing with Nate Herbig, the Steelers offensive lineman they picked up in free agency. Brother Nick has been a camp star, camp darling, fourth-round pick out of Wisconsin as an edge rusher, so Nick will play. Nate will not play. Oban Joby, another guy that the Steelers brought back after a successful run at it last year on a one-year contract, re-upped on a longer-term deal this time around. But it bodes the question, as training camp ended yesterday, who should really play in this game? And... Our good friend Mark Caballi of The Athletic said that this is basically the Steelers' dress rehearsal for the regular season. I agree with that, and I think that it's honestly what should be the case for the Steelers. In all reality, there's a high likelihood that in the Thursday preseason game against the Atlanta Falcons, not that many guys play. That is mostly a game for big-time camp battles, which the Steelers don't have a lot of this year. The only real battles that you're looking at, you're not wondering anything about quarterback. You're not wondering really much of anything about wide receiver other than wanting to see Calvin Austin just stay on the field and get more reps, which he's been able to do. And when he's done that this year in camp and in the first preseason game, we've seen the ability that he brings to the table for the Steelers' offense. The fascination of four tight ends, which will be the case. The Steelers will keep four tight ends with Pat Fryermuth, Zach Gentry, Darnell Washington, who a very famous and decorated tight end spoke about earlier this week. We'll hear what that tight end had to say coming up. As well as Connor Hayward, who could play an H-back role, as well as tight end. You could see him as a blocking tight end. I like Connor Hayward's ability in the passing game going across the middle of the field and just being shifty enough to beat linebackers right off the snap. I I think Hayward's pretty underrated and could see him jumping Zach Gentry 
as well to be able to get more snaps, which isn't that big of a thing to do. But I could even see Connor Hayward having a couple more receptions, at least in the first half of the season, than Darnell Washington as well. I think his route tree is just pretty solid, and he once again has had a really solid camp just like last year. But again, you got to decide if you play the Stars. If you play T.J. Watt, if you play Cam Hayward, if you play Minka, if you play the likes of Najee Harris, I would play Najee the least of anybody, practically because of the Liz Frank last season, the preseason really not mattering at all for running backs other than a couple of snaps especially with the position, you know you're going to get hit. As long as you give Najee a couple series, overall in the preseason, altogether, one series last week, one series this week, maybe two series this week, and then just hold him out next week, you know what you're going to get from him. Especially if you have an improved offensive line. But should TJ Watt, should Cam Hayward, and should make a play? Why not? For me, I don't really see an issue... And them not and them not playing. But I would rather at this point in time see TJ go out there and especially if he's not going to play next week. If he doesn't, he practically gets another month off based off of another seven months off that the team has had since January. So why not give him a series and not live in your fears that potentially they could get hurt? It's football. I mean, injuries are a part of the game. Why not give the guys a series, especially Minka, to be able to work with KZ, who he has worked with last season, but especially with Keon O'Neal. And those guys have not had a ton of reps together in training camp. Minka was away for a personal matter early on in camp. Neal and KZ have both been banged up. Why not give them the chance to work in the secondary with a new guy like Patrick Peterson? And that's why I think it's more important that Minka gets into this game than it is TJ Watt, where... Not as much more to prove. You know what T.J. Watt's going to be able to provide for you, but still, why not give him a series and just eke out the tad bit of rush that the guy tied for the all-time sacks lead in a season with Michael Strahan has to offer. And Cam Hayward, why not put him out there just a little bit to, again, get the rust off. And still, as an older player on this defense, probably better for Cam to get a little bit of snaps just to work his way into it as well. But the eyes are always fascinated on the position of one Kenny Pickett, as they should be. Jeff Athorn, our sports director here at the Fan, said that, quote, he's the offensive MVP of this camp. Watching him run the offense, his comfortability, his knowledge of the system, there's ownership of the offense. Yeah. I was at camp yesterday, and there's just something that you notice with Kenny Pickett. It's just the... I wouldn't say the flair for the position or for the offense, but he understands. He gets it. You could tell that the confidence is oozing from Kenny Pickett. And it's confidence, not arrogance. And it's something that you can just tell in his relationships with his teammates, with the way he goes about his business, and also just his demeanor. When I was in Indianapolis for Big Ten Media Days covering Penn State football. There was one thing that Gary Danielson, a CBS Sports analyst, he's the lead color commentator for CBS Sports' coverage of college football. And 
It might be a little bit of an out-of-the-box comparison here. But what Danielson was saying about new Penn State quarterback Drew Aller is you have to, you have the pedigree, obviously, as a quarterback with a lot of talent, just like Kenny Pickett, that did well in games when he was the backup. Aller was the backup last year for Sean Clifford, now with the Packers, and Kenny Pickett for the first couple of weeks was the backup of Mitch Trubisky. But part of what is a big deal about being quarterback as Danielson said to me when I asked him in Indy, quote, a lot of it just being able to handle what I'm doing right here. You have to not only play, but you have to do the fifth quarter. You have to, you've got to answer the questions properly. You have to take the blame even when it isn't your fault. You have to take the criticism that goes with every loss. If you can't handle that outside noise, that outside noise then it starts to affect your game. And I think that that's one thing that Kenny Pickett has just done so well. There hasn't been that much outside noise it's been some, you know, you don't see this very often with the Steelers. It's been just oozing positivity around this team where people have continued to doubt them. So much talk about Cincinnati, Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Mixon. So much talk about Lamar Jackson and his new contract. Mark Andrews, all OBJs into the mix. Zay Flowers as a high draft pick. The running game with J.K. Dobbins potentially getting a new contract after he's been activated. And he looks like J.K. Dobbins is actually going to be healthy. And then the question marks surrounding Deshaun Watson. about Depending on who you talk to, Deshaun Watson either looks horrible in camp or, as Aditi Kinkabalas told the PM team yesterday, looks somewhat night and day in terms of how comfortable he is running the offense, how much better he looks, just overall surrounding the team and just when you're away from the team for as long as Watson was going to be, I mean, he was in camp and then he was gone for six weeks and then he picked up back communications with the team, but again, was not able to start until later on in the year until he made his debut against Houston, which was ironic to begin with that his season debut for the Cleveland Browns was against the Houston Texans. But Kenny Pickett has done everything he's needed to do and he's looked solid in camp. He's making the throws he's supposed to make. He's making some of the deeper passes in practice that you want to see him complete for this offense to take another step. For this offense to really make you believe that they can go into a shootout if necessary and it's going to happen against the Cincinnati Bengals. Here's what Mike Tomlin had to say a day or so ago about Kenny Pickett. I just like the way he's communicating with people. I like the way he comes every day ready to compete. You know, he's not overanalyzing the big picture too much. He's just trying to play his role in the creation of a great day and and being there. I think other people, by virtue of his position, get their vibe off of that. And his ability to remain singularly focused and hyper-competitive, I think, is an asset to our unit and to our team. He's keeping it simple. Kenny Pickett is not trying to go to the extreme to be something that he's not. And just... When you have George Pickens on the outside and Deontay Johnson, the $18 million man, paired alongside Calvin Austin, whose speed looks like it's going to be a threat. And Allen Robinson seemingly has been missed away in a lot of this talk because of the national praise for George Pickens. Ryan Clark with a big-time comparison for George Pickens, which he has now said. Uh, We'll get to Clark on the other side. But overall, you got... The talent of Pickens. Everybody knows how talented he is. And he was on the Rich Eisen show yesterday 
And Eisen was asking him, like, what do you and Kenny Pickett do? What's your relationship like? And he was saying how great it is. And Eisen asked, do you, do you go to the movies? Do you go to dinner? They said he goes to dinner. But Kenny Pickett is his quarterback, not his girlfriend. So they do not go to the movies. They go to dinner, talk football, talk strategy, and just kind of hang out and are friends on and off the field. And it seems like Kenny Pickett just has great relationships with everybody in this whole entire Steelers offense. And things are clicking in the first preseason game. I'm interested to see. I think the offense, first-team offense, will play a quarter. I think Najee Harris will only play maybe give him five carries. The first drive, the second drive. If the Steelers offense goes down and scores a touchdown and it's convincing like it was against Tampa Bay, maybe that's it. I still think they go a little bit longer than that. Mike Tomlin, Sean McDermott, they know each other well from their college days, from their pro days as well. I wouldn't be shocked if Tomlin and McDermott have had a little bit of conversations in terms of McDermott's already said that Josh Allen's going to play a quarter and a half. Wonder if that'll be the same case with the first team defense for Buffalo. And is there any communication from Tom when Steelers don't play Buffalo during the regular season? Hey, to McDermott, why not put our first team guys against your first team guys? And then we'll all come out at the same time and just iron sharper and iron battling against each other just to be able to get that real dress rehearsal in this game before next week. Most of the guys with the Steelers probably won't play on Thursday night in Atlanta. And then it's just a tune-up return home against the San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy and company. Nick Bosa? Question mark? A lot going on with San Francisco and what will happen in the Bosa situation regarding his contract. But it also bodes the question of Who's going to play? Obviously, how do you want the first-team offense to look? And Najee Harris, will he get that many reps? Mike Tomlin spoke on it. Not in response to that injury that you mentioned. It's just about the maturation of him as a professional and giving him what he needs. We don't live in fear regarding injury or injury history. Did Najee need much work in the first preseason game? No. And I think Tomlin has learned his lesson with Najee and I think it's kind of case in point to the running back position where every position is different. That's why I'm okay with TJ Watt and Cam Hayward going out there, not so much Najee. And Najee also, according to Tomlin, got some mental reps. Less physical reps required the older he gets, and that's nothing groundbreaking or earth-shattering about that. And that's okay. I don't have much of a problem with that at all. You know, we don't really know how much Kenny Pickett's going to play, but Najee Harris, I'm right if it's not much at all. Coming up, you've heard what Ryan Clark had to say about George Pickens, Justin Jefferson. Let's hear it again and put a little bit of perspective on it coming up. Also, the Pirates' biggest hope, a new hope, and the biggest hope of all is starting again this weekend after a very successful outing in Bradenton and possibly could be seen a little bit closer to home here in Pittsburgh next week. I'll tell you what could be in store for the Pirates' number one prospect. Coming up, I'm Austin Bechtold, Sports Radio 937 The Fan. At the belt, fastball at 99 for strike one call. Check swing, did he go? Yes. Swing and a miss, high fastball at 99. As this low fastball offerings waved straight through for strike one. Swing and a miss, there's that late breaking slider. Paul Skeens is going to be back out on the mound for the Buccos. That was one of his strikeouts as... It's Gaines time. It's the Pirates' hope. It's a new hope. 
And for Paul Skeens and the Buckos, there's questions that continue to mount over this pitching staff. I mean, if you look at some of the guys that are starting for the Bucks right now, Andre Jackson, Asvaldo Beto, Johan Oviedo, who is not really finding it in the last couple of starts. He had three starts when he allowed, I think it was one run. And he was dominant, pure dominant for a stretch of three specific outings. But right now, I mean, when you look at some of these matchups, it's Jackson, Andre Jackson, who the Pirates acquired from the Dodgers against Pablo Lopez. Pablo Lopez, a fantastic starting pitcher. Does have a 3-6-6 ERA for Minnesota, but he was acquired in the trade with Miami for Luis Arias, who was close to hitting 400 right around June. And then he was hitting 400 in June when the Pirates were down in Miami. He was right around that mark. So that was a one-for-one swap. Mitch Keller goes against Sonny Gray on Saturday. That'll be tough. Sonny Gray has been fantastic. Might remember him with the Cincinnati Reds. He played for the Oakland A's. He's bounced around a little bit. Was an all-star this year. 140 strikeouts and 136 in a third innings. 304 ERA. Mitch Keller's got a 427 ERA. That's what's got to be so concerning for you. I mean, Mitch Keller, all-star, solid season. But he's had these outings, man, where he just can't get people out. And you really wonder what the case is for Keller because he's still bouncing around up and down like he's on the double dip on the jackrabbit, not knowing what you're going to get because what do you expect from him? He gave up eight runs against Milwaukee on August 3rd. If you look at Mitch Keller since, let's go ballpark, the All-Star break. Mitch Keller in the All-Star game gave up a run in his one inning of work. So his last start before the All-Star break, Mitch Keller pitched in Arizona, seven innings, one hit, no runs. It was great, dominant, fantastic. That was a day to remember. And then he came back against Cleveland at home, six innings, 10 hits, eight runs, two home runs allowed. And then in at the Angels, five innings, nine hits, six runs. So gasp, there's your disaster. And then back against Yinzer Palooza, Mitch Keller and adopted Yinzer with his all-star teammate David Bednar, if you will. Five and two-thirds innings, six hits, gave up two runs, gave up a home run as well. Three walks, eight strikeouts. His strikeout numbers have always, for the most part, been high, other than that Cleveland game where he only struck out one in six innings. But then Keller gave up eight against Milwaukee. His last two starts have been okay. Against Atlanta, nine hits allowed, five innings. Three runs, not that much depth there with just the five innings and allowing three to the team that has been absolutely rocking everybody in the National League this year in Atlanta. And then Cincinnati, six innings, five hits, two runs, one of them earned, three walks, seven strikeouts. So this all takes me back to Paul Skeens because Paul Skeens is going to be the number one guy on this team. He's going to be the ace whenever he comes up. Mitch Keller, you need him to be the number two, especially if you're going to give him a contract and you're going to feel comfortable giving him a contract. Jason Mackey here on The Fan about Paul Skeens said yesterday, quote, I hope they treat Paul Skeens like a special case. He does not need the assistance that some others do, a la Mitch Keller, Quinn Priester, who's got an ERA over nine and is back in AAA. Mackey continued, this is not somebody they need to tinker with. He's probably the most talented pitcher in the organization. It's about as flawless as you can get. Yeah, I agree. He pitched again on Tuesday. 
gave up a leadoff single, struck out two guys, and after the leadoff single, the base runner stole second, the throw went into center field, guy went to third, so Skeens was able to record a strikeout, then another strikeout, and then picked off the runner at third, got him in a rundown, and was able to record the final out. Paul Skeens is really somebody who is enamoring to watch. The attendance for the game at Bradenton was staggering. A couple of people were mentioning just how much higher the numbers were. And Derek Shelton said even his family drove to the game to watch Paul Skeens pitch based in Florida. That's just how much excitement is there. And Skeens is going to pitch again this weekend for Bradenton. Hoping to see more than just one inning. Ben Charrington did say that Skeens will not pitch more than 20 innings this season, and I'm completely okay with that. I'm kind of surprised that the Pirates even decided to ramp him up and get him pitching again to begin with, but it does help that you get him throwing, let's call it 15 to 18 innings this year, and then you're ready for him to even potentially come to spring training with a chance to make the opening day roster. And if not, if you don't even want to worry about Super 2, but you still want to get that extra year of club control, you call him up the first week of May. And if you want to wait until Super 2, the second week of June. And it really takes into account the idea of what Paul Skeens can become. And also, Jason Mackey tweeted that he would bet his next paycheck that after that start this weekend against in Bradenton, Paul Skeens' next start will be in Altoona on Friday night on the 25th of August which kind of sucks because that's the first day of high school football and I won't be able to be there or else I would have made the two-hour drive to Altoona to watch Paul Skeens make his double-A debut. But in reality, that might be where Paul Skeens ends up next season to start anyway. So it could be a chance for Pirates fans to see him for an inning or two in double-A this year and also next year. It wouldn't shock me if Paul Skeens makes a start, his last start, in AAA, I don't expect to see him in the big leagues at all. I know that there's been speculation on Mackey's part and other, on also some other people that, hey, could we see Paul Skeens pitch in the major leagues? Whether it just be one game, just a little glimpse, a taste, a, an inning, kind of like what the the Buckos did with O'Neill Cruz, and what the Pirates did, I think it was with Rowanzi Contreras or with Luis Ortiz last year. One little start. It hasn't gone well at all for either player with Cruz's catastrophic injury. They still expect him to be back in September. And Luis Ortiz, who came up, was a shell of himself, can't find the velocity and is back in the minors trying to figure it out. Paul Skeens needs to continue to wow people. And I don't think there's going to be any question that he's going to continue to do that. Somebody else who's wowing people on the North Shore is George Pickens. He was doing so at St. Vincent. He'll be doing so for a second season at Akershire Stadium. Nine home games for the Steelers this year. Very excited for that. And some of the primetime matchups, some of the key matchups. New England, Jacksonville, obviously the three divisional opponents all coming at home. And it all starts off against San Francisco. We'll hear what Ryan Clark had to say. And also Ryan Clark gave a little bit of context for what he meant regarding his comments on George Pickens on ESPN earlier this week. Coming up, I'm Austin Bechtold, Fan Only Morning Show, 9 through 7 The Fan. And I'm going to say this, and as an LSU guy, talking about another LSU guy and comparing yeah. him to a Georgia guy, George Pickens is 
much more talented than Justin Jefferson. Really? Justin Jefferson, wow. Justin Jefferson understands everything about playing the position, stems, leverage. He can catch the football yeah. in all kinds He's of a savant positions. In many ways. He's a savant. But here's the other thing. Coach Tomlin told me something that I thought that I thought was great. He said they 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 didn't even work to tolerate him, and they certainly didn't try to raise him mm. at Georgia. Big time comments from Ryan Clark, who on Twitter yesterday said, Dear people who are upset that I said George Pickens is more talented than Justin Jefferson, you are behaving as if I said he was better. I'll give you another one. Aaron Rodgers is much more talented than Tom Brady. You know, by the way, Tom Brady's the greatest to ever play the position. So I don't know if Ryan Clark was feeling the heat there or just wanting to further clarify. Talent is different than who the best player is. And I agree with the comparison there. Rodgers. And Brady, Brady is the most accomplished, seven Super Bowls compared to Aaron Rodgers is one. Patrick Mahomes is more talented than Tom Brady. Is Patrick Mahomes a better overall player than Tom Brady? Maybe when all things said and done at the very end of Mahomes' career, there could be a surefire case for that. But the point of the matter is, the idea that George Pickens can even be in the conversation with Justin Jefferson, who was a top 10 player voted on by his peers in the NFL on the top 100 list, and you can make that list what you want, but Justin Jefferson is viewed as the number one wide receiver really in the NFL right now. And if there's any comparison to George Pickens for that, I'll take it. You see the one-handed grabs that he made, the one in Georgia on the practice tape, the catch that he made over Joey Porter Jr. this year, the one-handed grab against the Browns in prime time last year. There's a lot to like about what Joey Porter Jr. brings, covering George Pickens for George Pickens to make him better and vice versa. And to be able to see them get into it as they did in training camp and for George Pickens to potentially explode this year and burst out onto the scenes, that's somebody I'm targeting in fantasy this year. George Pickens could go off for 1,200 yards, six or seven touchdowns, and even 80 receptions. You could see a lot from George Pickens to like and potentially even a Pro Bowl year. From Pickens. I can see it, depending on if this passing attack is actually opened up, which I think will be the case. The Wake Up Show is presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. Apply 84Lumber.com. The pre-show is next here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.